A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. The Ulster Football Championship It's had its knockers over the years We have to admit that mm-hmm. But even its fiercest critics must accept That this is where all the major tactical advances of the game Have been made over the last 25 okay. years yeah. The swarm defence gotcha. Employed by Tyrone That shook Kerry to their core in 2003 The blanket defence With which Donegal tried to wrap Dublin up In 2011 You bet now they're once again at the forefront of the latest development of the game and this one is a little more pleasing on the eye. It doesn't even have the word defence in it. Oh, That's how pleasing it shocking. is to watch. In fact, quite the opposite. They're now turning defence into attack like nobody's business with the person who on paper should be the most defensive player on the pitch. I'm talking about the rise of the madcap goalkeeper. Oh. A tactic employed by every county in the province. <laughs> Insert Benny Hill music if here. If the Mad weekend's cap. evidence is anything to go by. Welcome to the show. Hey guys. Oh, hey, how how's it going? I know what you're thinking. Haven't there been madcap goalkeepers before? Our friend Shane Curran being one, Ken? Of course. Yes. He wasn't Ulster, though? No. Well, I know, but in, in the sport of Gaelic football. Yeah. You know, there, it, it has existed Listen, in pockets here and there. There have oh, been oh, exceptions. Can I tell you a little something yeah. about goalkeepers? You don't, don't have, have to be. be yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yes, Ken. There have been individual individual individuals over the years who have mm. been a little bit eccentric in goals. And they have liked to come out and they have liked to play a bit of ball. Mm. But that's just been, there's been no real rhyme or reason to it. This is a tactical revolution, judging by every feckin' Ulster Championship game I've watched in the last mm. while. Oren Lynch, Derry goalkeeper, assisted a goal, set up a point, and scored one himself, Ken. I'm talking about from play here. I'm not mm. talking about walking up and taking freeze. I'm talking, this guy's strolling up, stroking it around like he's Kieran McDonald up there. Sunday, that was on Saturday, Sunday, Monaghan achieved a famous victory over Tyrone, thanks in no small part to the playmaking abilities of their goalkeeper Rory Began stroking the ball into the full forward line to help set up the first goal again assisting a point his opposite number Niall Morgan needs no second invitation to go madcap that's that guy I saw him competing for a ball in the air with the Monaghan player in and around the Monaghan goal at one stage or certainly he was well into their half the Armagh keeper last year didn't he score a goal from playing he's the the, the king of the is he even madcap he's just a really good footballer I I suppose you know given the jersey he's wearing that makes him madcap this is something that I feel you Murph I accuse you of failing to recognise because we talked about him last year and anytime this happens you feel, I feel you're a little bit sneery. It's a little bit like goalkeepers. What are they doing all the way up the pitch there? Getting nosebleeds. Those crazy bastards. Yeah, but I, I put it to well, you that uh, these you, guys, the, the Armagh guy's not the only goalkeeper. The, Began is a lovely footballer. Uh, the Derry keeper, Lynch, 
beautiful mm. passer of the ball and they also seem to have more time to pick their passes as well because they're coming from deeper they're unlocking they're playing between the lines they're moving the defences around this they're is now they're not being marked they're not being marked this actually is a, a tactical evolution and I, a revolution in fact mm. and I, I, I challenge you to finally accept it well on I know that the memory doesn't come as quickly to you as it might to me yeah. and my Galway brethren, but the last time we saw Oren Lynch playing in the championship, he was retrieving the ball from his net, uh, put there by Damien Comer while he was floundering 80 yards. No, it's risky. Field. It's high risk. It is, that's what a finish that was by Damien Comer. It was a, I had clean forgotten about that. very, very good yeah, moment. I love the trajectory of that finish. Yeah. That, was, that was nicely yeah. done. And the celebration as well. That was yeah, but look fun. at this year. It, it's not as though the Ulster counties have been cowed. They're coming no. back stronger. All their goalkeepers are coming back. I know. Madcap. I know. It is, it is quite... <laughs> Why do you just keep laughing at the word madcap? Madcap. I don't, yeah. don't often hear it these days. You don't. It's, it sort of seems like a 1950s British comic kind of yeah, word. Yeah, even like a shoot annual. It's yeah. definitely a shoot annual kind of word. It's not a podcast word. How many podcasters out there in madcap it's not it's, it's not a many. word you would normally use to describe Stephen Cluxon but I think he even might buy into this if and when he gets he wears a cap he, yeah he does sometimes wear a cap yep. he did help pioneer the taking a freeze which now just seems quaint Oh, yeah. we used to all be surprised when goalkeepers strode forward to take mm. 45 now we're just kicks. annoyed at the amount of game time it uses <laughs> yeah but doesn't there's no downside to yeah. well there is the downside there is a major downside yeah, yeah. yeah. if you get turned over then matches. you look extremely foolish and it's like it. let's keep an eye out for it in the championship this year Go- marauding goalkeepers madcap goalkeepers call yeah. them what you will Colin I mean, Walsh you, yeah. if, if we should give you a madcap klaxon on for you to sound in your own sitting room every time you use let's action that we can action that on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay. if, if it comes in Colin Walsh former morning captain is going to drop into studio what a comeback that was they, just the, the game in general uh, was it was brilliant. such a brilliant game of football it really was it was so enjoyable to watch because we, we've seen a lot of football in the league this year where it's been super cagey for about 60 minutes and then the last time kind of like a basketball game in a lot in, in, in a lot of senses in that you know you kind of watch the first you can watch it kind of in a detached way up until the last five minutes and then the basketball game breaks out and it's mm. super exciting there have certainly been league games played uh, this year where it's just been you know even the not bad games have followed a certain pattern where it's been slow 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 and then the last 10 minutes the shackles come off on yeah. and a football game breaks out whereas yesterday the ending was completely demented uh, but the football that, would, that had been played in the 60 minutes preceding that had actually also been of a really, really high quality. Really good, so, yeah. yeah, you couldn't have asked for... You couldn't ask for... Like, that is Gaelic football. Like, the, for all of the pissing and moaning that goes on about the sport, when it's played like that yesterday, when teams actually, like, have a cut off it, yeah. it's just a genuinely really good sport to watch. It's good to see they're leading <laughs> We need the way. to remind ourselves Why of that. Why is it that all of the big brains... Mm come from Ulster this is the point it's an interesting question uh, Kenneth um, I would say that there has been a thriving coaching uh, philosophy uh, sorry a thriving coaching atmosphere in Ulster football for longer than there has been in any other in any of the other provinces and this goes all the way back to um, to Lennon the down midfielder in the 1960s coming up with coaching manuals for whatever and in the universities for sure over the course of the last 30 years there's been there's 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 always kind of been that like they've always been super serious about their football mm. um but that you know that that doesn't just manifest itself in sort of like a in a gloomy way even though a lot of the football has at times been quite gloomy that there has actually been 
um, an understanding of the coach, of a person actually having a vocation for coaching in Ulster, I think, than there has been for longer than there has been in the other um, provinces. And just to kind of maybe use an analogy, like say, say Brian Cody, you know, is an absolutely brilliant manager like an exceptional manager, an exceptional leader of a dressing room. But, I mean, he didn't have, like, a coaching philosophy. He had, Kilkenny must win, and they must always win. And that's, that was kind of, that was the driving force behind him. Co- like, to me, I, I, I look at Brian Cody, I don't say coaching or managing was, like, a vocation for him. He was like, I know what it takes to get Kilkenny, you know, to, to get a dressing room full of Kilkenny men fired up to win hurling games. And he was unbelievably sensationally successful at that unprecedentedly successful at that whereas and it's it's kind of a sorry I'm rambling here now no but, I think it's quite but, coherent I'm um, intrigued but I, but I also think that there is kind of the the idea that you know ma- coaches and managers get paid means that the idea of being you know under the table in the GA mm-hmm. I think that, that has often led to nearly like a sneering attitude towards people who just want to coach. So they're in it for the money. Yeah, that there's an idea that, oh, this guy, Osher, he's he's been managing, you know, in six or seven different counties. The only possible reason for someone to want to do that and manage someone other than his own club or his own county is, oh, because he's he's making a few quid. Whereas... Puts himself in charge of the raffle at every county he manages as well. (laughs) But, I mean, I think there's... Everyone just presumes that's the reason, as opposed to someone saying, "I actually think I'm a really good coach. I have ideas about the game that I'd like to to road sure. test." And if I limit myself to only managing my own club or my own county, then I'm you know I only get one shot. At just those, think how good you know? the coaching level might get if they acknowledge these payments happen and legitimize them and actually make them over the table. Oh, no, um, we can't have that. Them. We can't have that. You can't have legitimate payments. <laughs> we can't be having... We have to step out legitimate payments. Well, you know. The GA, as we know, Ken, the players don't get paid. It's an amateur game. These lads have day jobs. They've got to make ends meet. And it's important to pick the right moment to capitalise on their fame to enhance their chances of doing that day job to the best of their abilities. I'm talking, Murph, about Conor McManus, who's made a 60th consecutive championship start, player of the match performance with nine points. Exceptional. I love Conor McManus. I mean, just every time he touched the ball yesterday, I was just rooting for him so hard. He's just so brilliant. But I hope you read the exclusive interview with the man in the Irish Times this morning, did you? Nothing. Well, I did only because he sent it on. You know, you see interviews flagged in tweets with stuff like, this is Conor McManus like you've never (laughs) heard him before. (laughs) He reveals a part of himself in this interview that a lot of people would have no understanding whatsoever on. Um, Jessica Doyle writes, With its county town an hour from Belfast and 90 minutes from Dublin, Monaghan is an attractive place to settle for those looking for convenient access to both cities. The county also offers good value and is fast becoming regarded as part of the wider commuter belt for Dublin and Belfast. According to Conor McManus, <laughs> director of Sherry Fitzgerald, Conor McManus, <laughs> which is based in Monaghan Town. It's been a busy year so far for Monaghan's residential market, he says, with most offerings moving well. As is the case across the country, however, low stock is an issue likely spurred on by rising building costs, McManus says. Did anyone see my nine points yesterday? <laughs> Deterring new developments. There's a mix of buyers in the market, according to McManus, including first-time buyers and downsizers looking for bungalows in towns. Although... They are a rarity. The idea, on that an unsuspecting member of the Irish Times property section could ring up one of the greatest Gaelic footballers of all time, the week of the Ulster Championship, <laughs> and have that conversation blithely unaware 
they were on the phone to greatness. I just, I love it so much. And I mean, I, the idea that he's capitalising on what he did yesterday, I mean, this was definitely in the bag since last week. And it's just, I love it. No, I love that man. Well deserved. You know, I love his, um, I love his, <laughs> his uh, shrewd moves in the property market. I love his free-taking ability. I just love the whole, also, there's a little, the whole gamut. A little fixer-upper there. I think it looks, looks like Killy Gowen there in Monaghan there, a little old... Three bed former farmhouse. Uh, if, uh, if anyone has any queries, what's, if you're thinking of buying in Monaghan, there's just one man to call, and that is director of Sherry Fitzgerald, Conor McManus. <laughs> Conor McManus. <laughs> there, there, what a great hit. Sherry Fitzgerald, Conor McManus. Uh, if Conor I was McManus. naming that company, I would have gone with Conor McManus, Sherry, Sherry Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, Conor, Conor McManus. McManus. Yeah. But I, mean, yeah. I suppose you just got to get that name recognition out there. The Hurling Championship starts That's next weekend, as you know, Ken. And yeah. we're going to have Jamie Wall and Maddie Clerken on for that on the World Service during the week. Jamie's going to be in, the boys are both going to be in studio, Ken. I think it could be Jamie's first visit here, so it is. be on your best behaviour. Also, Champions League, I don't even know what that means. Uh, anyway, also, we'll have plenty of Champions League coverage during the week. We'll talk about the Leeds-Liverpool game that's on tonight, and we're going to be chatting about this. It starts from the beginning. Nobody told me to win Wimbledon 17. I just did it. Wimbledon champion Boris Becker. My game was power. Mental strength. That's how I would describe Boris. He was like Michael Jordan in Germany. Expectations in tennis world, becoming a superstar in sports, you're now a wanted man. To pick a black woman as his wife was a big deal. In the German press, it was a black and white thing. When you step away from the game, you come into a completely different life. It's sort of walking into a dark room. She came in, she had a big coat on, and she took the coat off. She was heavily pregnant, which you can't believe it. The wake-up call came very late. Boris Becker is facing two and a half years in jail for hiding assets during bankruptcy. I've hit my, my bottom. That's not the end yet. There's going to be another chapter. Boom, boom. The World versus Boris Becker, made by renowned filmmaker Alex Gibney, is out on Apple TV. It's a two-part arm. In the middle of the first part, it's really good. Very good so far. It's quite a compelling subject for <laughs> two-part documentary, is Boris Becker. Caitlin Thompson has been watching it for us. We're going to chat to her tomorrow. Uh, it's Apple TV, as I mentioned, if you fancy watching that God, in advance of the fixing to be a good week on the second Can I just say, Murph, though, that's Boris Becker, if you're looking for it. Not to be confused with Becker, the TV series starring Ted Danson. Of course. And uh, mostly yeah. for you, actually, that's the warning, just in case you go, yeah, no, I'll watch that, so I'll be ready for the chat tomorrow. And you're just <laughs> knee-deep in Boom, six series of Becker. There's uh, six seasons of 24 episodes uh, on this <laughs> really terrible sitcom. <laughs> okay, I mean, if that's what you want me to do. Yeah. <laughs> to hear that conversation, sign up on secondcaptains.com for five year a month plus fat. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Modern day coaching. What is it all about? Paralysis by analysis. Infiltrated by a load of spoofers and bluffers. Fellas with earpieces stuck in their ear. Psychologists, Clyde Woodward, statisticians, dietitians, and as Mick O'Connell alluded to, God save us. I should say for the record at the very start of this chat that Colin Walsh agreed last Friday to come into studio today <laughs> regardless of the results so we're not just just, just piggybacking and glory hunting here Colin thanks for coming in Yeah no thanks for having me Yeah, I was looking We had a feeling me. didn't we, we Both did, of us yeah, yeah both of us went confident in the game yeah. so um, yeah. uh, glad to make the plans It was boring out. Murphy, I see you've done a bit of tactical or analytical research here yeah so um, I've had a look at some of the uh, important metrics some of the key performance indicators and I've come to the following conclusion about the Monaghan senior football team that they are the thickest most ignorant most stubborn char of bastards that have ever (laughs) worn shoe leather in your experience would you agree with that summation of uh, the Monaghan senior football team yeah no that's definitely (laughs) definitely a fair assessment of them I'd say yeah yeah. took them a wee while to get going yesterday but definitely that's what the the stud it was such a great game though wasn't it it was. It was. I don't know. Was it partly? It's a hard one to judge because people are saying, "Well, you know, the, the shackles are off a little bit in the provinces now because you're going to, as we see, Tyrone are into the um, round robin anyway." But at the same time, it still looked like it meant loads to Monaghan to win the game. So I'm not sure if I buy into the argument that it was that exciting because it didn't matter as much. I don't know how you feel about it. Yeah, I, I probably didn't get that feeling that it, it didn't matter as much. I think it was more, both teams probably set up to really attack the game, I thought. They really pushed each other's kickouts yeah. and, and pressed each other hard and, and forced long kickouts. And that just made the game be a bit more open. You know, you see during the league, teams sitting off conceding kickouts and it's a slow pace up and down. Conditions yesterday were good. It was a warm day and the ball is moving quick. And look, you've seen both, both keepers were happy to go long when they had the offer. And, you know, it led to a real end-to-end game, I thought. Well, both keepers, sorry, while I'm still on my hobby horse here, both keepers are also happy to go forward with the ball, which is happening all over Ulster especially, but but nationally as well. This is, it's gone from what I thought at first was sort of like a fad or something to an actual tactical approach from teams here. Yeah, I suppose they're both set up. Look, both teams probably know each other pretty well and where the both keepers like to place maybe the long kickouts and try to take that out of it. But um, probably Niall Morgan, I felt yesterday, when Tyrone really ended up in the first half, he probably still probably pushed the limits a bit and was coming out on kickouts and they lost a couple and probably just created a wee bit of tension in, their, in the mm-hmm. back lane at that stage whether he needed to or not they probably felt that they were on top but they wanted to keep kicking on but so you think it, so So it's, it, it is risky because it looks like it works as well like we've seen um, like Began was brilliant he set up a couple that was involved in a couple of the scores we saw it with the Derry goalkeeper as well who kicked one himself yeah. like they, they actually are contributing in attack the, yeah, the definitely. That, that's it. Look, to create an overlap, if, if teams like yesterday, teams, both teams kind of went man-to-man out the field as much as they could. And once the keeper comes involved, next thing, that's that extra player. And you've seen both, both delivered good passes in. Both got, went, up, went up and competed for kickouts whenever they did go out in the area. You know, both keepers landed a, ki- a kick out right on top of each other. So yeah. they're nearly, you're, you're going to test them. If they come out that far, you want to test them then and yeah. get them stuck in the mix of it. Yeah, and I mean... There is also the obvious question, which if you're playing cornerback and you see Rory Began 40 yards up, further up the field than you are, like, what are you actually thinking in that moment? Are you thinking, well, that's good. He's, you know, he's providing us with an overlap up there. Or are you like, Jesus Christ, my life would be a lot simpler now if he was behind me where he should be? 
Yeah, in fairness to Rory and, and Luck Niles the same. They're both both very mobile and, and they're confident on the ball. And you know, sometimes whenever you'll have a defender who's maybe he's maybe out on his feet or needs a breather for a second, he has the legs, he just gets up and go. And I know from training with him he's one of the he is one of the best runners in the team as well. It's All one right. of the well, it's yeah. one of the most humbling things maybe when you come back pre season <laughs> yeah. and Rory Baggins beating you in runs. But no, that that can happens um, but it, it look you're a full fate in them getting out, it's just about not creating the turnover then it's just you know, mm. if he makes that difference come forward. And do you know, I think maybe it's one of those things where like the the fan panics more than the t- than he, than the keeper's teammates in those scenarios. Yeah, definitely. Like if you're playing an in house game or something, like the keepers are in the middle of it, they're coming out the field and they're told to come out. So, but you know when you're doing it in training that often, you're you're not you're not kind of as bad as a team. Then when you see him coming up, but mm. I suppose in the last play he, t- he, t- he took a he went on, went on a bit of a rampage then to try and create an overlap. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I was, I was interested in watching some of the post match stuff with the Monaghan players who. It was quite obvious at halftime watching, but they felt it even being involved. That this is happening again. We're not imposing ourselves. We're letting Tyrone do whatever they want to do. Uh, and I don't know what happened at halftime that they were able to arrest that slide this time. Yeah, I suppose it, it, it felt very similar to the Ulster final a few years ago. Like we've probably competed with Tyrone a lot. Both teams do know each other very well and have good matchups for each other. But just like they kind of stood off that first half, and I don't know if what they were, what were, what they were trying to do at the back, but it just seemed to invite Tyrone on. Obviously, with the wind on the backs, they, they were coming at them with you know really hard runners, and it was very hard to stop. And looked at a couple of players inside Darren uh, Curry and and Derek Canavan were really sharp at the start of the game, and you know Monaghan just found themselves. To be honest, though, I'd say they were delighted to go in five down. You know, they could really, have been, yeah, 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 they could have been. I'd say Tyrone probably left a lot of easy chances, you know, behind, and then Monaghan were living off scraps and frees and stuff to get in at that at that. So, so what happened then? What was different about the second half? I think they just the, the, at the back they just probably Tyrone probably obviously had to come in that bit you know with the breeze they had to probably attack them a bit deeper into their D and and Monon just I suppose they got that bit of what do you call it just defensive intensity but it was players doubling up or players actually getting contact on and next thing some, the minute someone got turned or got stopped someone else got on top of them as well and created a turnover whereas in the first half anything that was happening the ball was just getting spat out and maybe mm. a shot was getting taken mm. or, the, or the ball was dead but um, between that and then I guess they started to get on top maybe on the on Thrones kickouts maybe you know Brian Kennedy had a massive game for them I thought middle of the field he was, he was winning he was winning kickouts on the run or he was feeling them in the air but they seemed to just get the grips a wee bit on Thrones kickout as well yeah, and that's I think that's kind of a part of defensive team setups that we don't really talk that the the doubling up like it's one thing to stop a guy and it's one thing then to get a guy in on top of him but it's actually ensuring that the ball doesn't emerge from those that you actually that you, you having done the hard work that you actually get the turnover you actually get the free out for over carrying or whatever and like that's kind of a mindset thing really isn't it it's like if you're kind of half thinking you know of your own man you're not really going to pile into a situation like that whereas I think. That, yeah, as you say, that was a big thing that Monaghan did in the second half that they weren't doing beforehand. Yeah, and it's just, you know, you can get into that trap of maybe you're tracking your man with the ball and you know he's going to ship it off and, and that you think that's your job done. But sometimes the best thing is, you know, straight away to identify that and just try and get contact on to the next player and maybe get an overlap or get a, get a turnover, maybe a two-on-one. But in the first half, it just seemed to be very passive and, and everyone was just kind of looking after the, their own man or just trying to look over their shoulders. He mm-hmm. was sitting behind, but the, the threat was coming straight down the throat, really. I've seen... Um a lot of people talk about this Rhino Tool goal at the end, and for some reason, it's almost as though they're not they're, they're a bit freaked out by it. It's like, oh no, everyone else is going to try and score a goal from that position now as well. You know, this, ta- you know what were the actual odds of scoring? It's a bit of a low percentage. This is exactly what I want. I'm so sick of seeing people just run in and hand pass the ball over the bar. This is a young lad taking it by the scruff of the neck and burying it in underneath the goalkeeper. It's amazing. 
Yeah, I, I look. I was in the terrace when it happened. I couldn't believe that he went for it. You know, I yeah. actually, you know, when you watch it back and maybe you see the still image where he was. You know, he, he hit it very early. You know, he, he did, went yeah, so early, yeah. so he didn't even. That's the thing. He didn't even take it on a few more strides. Like he could have maybe taken a hop or a solo. He took it, took a couple of strides, and then bang, really early. Yeah, he he obviously had made up his mind. Look, he, he had done the same a fortnight ago in Mayo. He got in that back door on the right hand side, and he put, and he scored a goal that day too. He made up his mind early there. Probably if he had a tuck a touch, he probably would have squared it to the back post. Yeah. You know, if he had, his, he maybe, mm. I don't even know if he's seen him. He just, but he did. He put put the head down and probably caught Neil Morgan's praise and, you know, <laughs> thankfully for it. But I'm sure it caught you guys surprised on the terrace as well. I mean, like the like the idea, like I actually accept the point when it comes to fisted points that it should be like the last resort as opposed to oh I get in one on one with the keeper, but I'll just fist it over anyway. Like that is really annoying. But like you give you give people. You know, uh, uh, the exception is when you're a point down against Tyrone in the Ulster Championship and you're 22 years old or whatever. You take the point because it's like it is the smart thing to do. The smart thing to do is to take the point because it's a 95. It's also, the boring thing to it, do. Of course, I mean, you, 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 you want to you yeah. see you, you want to see people going for goals. Maybe mm. people will do more of it after seeing what the result. Well, uh, look here. If it finished the game off as a contest, you know, we'd seen the last Monaghan had went two up, maybe going into injured time, and, and Tyrone had pegged them back and then went one in front. So, look, maybe a point there. The referee did let them play on another play. If they had a, if they had a left, the winner, they could have kicked know? the winner, and yeah. then you would have said, "Why didn't he go for the goal?" So, look, yeah. it comes that time in the game where you might have to just make the take the take the brave choice and make the risk and. You know, look at paid off in the end. What, what was out there? Like you mentioned a couple of times, you were there. Like, cause did, did it feel? Did it feel like getting this thing off our back, beating Tyrone in a game like this? Nah, see, see, yeah, that that thing of getting Tyrone. Look, I think we've beat Tyrone a, a lot in the league and, and a lot in championship. Look, we we've obviously come out the wrong side in a few games in Crow Park against them. That, that's probably that, the bigger thing. It feels like when it's gone to Crow, Crow Park, Park and gone outside yeah. Ulster, that, that that's the moment that, yeah, that it hasn't that, worked. That's why I probably was relatively confident going into the game. The last time on I played Tyrone in in Ulster in. Oma that we'd beat them you know mm. Finney, Finney Corey scored a goal that day you know he mm. wouldn't have been phased at all going going up to Oma in the game but um, how did it feel at the game I suppose look kind of again half, half time came I was kind of, kind of apprehensive I was like look this is this is a five point you know you could you could tell the breeze you know had a difference in it but uh, I definitely knew they had to come out come out strong in the second half but you could actually get the sense among the supporters around me anyway that Throne seemed to come out in second gear in the second half as if they said they thought they might be just able to chip this away but before they knew it they were in a proper championship game and they just didn't really seem to be able to react at that stage you know Monon were up in ascendancy and, and were definitely running through the middle toward they, they were kind of dominating that kind of spell in the game You only retired earlier this year so was it uh, uh, what was the feeling like did you feel natural going back as a fan? Yeah, no, I I suppose I, I retired at Christmas and, you know, I had been had been hoping to go back this year and I just looked it just didn't really work that work out that way for myself. Um just probably just wasn't fit to the my body just wasn't fit to the demand, the demands of the game. But um going back, it was probably only Saturday evening I actually really started to feel like, you know, I'd love to be in the in the mix mm. again, you know, looking forward to the game on Sunday. But the night before. Yeah, the night before right, the game yeah, I was yeah. just kinda of settling down. We had a first club game and I was just settling down thinking, you know, the boys are getting ready for the game tomorrow and but um going to it, no, uh, really enjoyed it. Tried to keep keep my emotions in check you know as much as I could but definitely failed miserably failed miserably <laughs> last 10-15 minutes definitely was in the in the thick of it but um, surrounded by Tyrone people but no I loved it uh, loved every bit of it at the end You said it, it didn't work out for you but you were hope, hopeful of playing this year so what went wrong? Uh, just look I, I probably picked up a few niggly injuries over the last couple of years and had done that spell of maybe being a a kind of squad player maybe experienced player hanging about and, and just at Christmas I'd done a, a decent chunk of pre-season and stuff and I just picked up another injury and I just kind of I led ISIS look it, it's, it's just probably 
probably just not right to, to stay about. I just don't think I could have done it mentally, really, just mm-hmm. putting up with the, the kind of setbacks and stuff again. I'd kind of put in a few years of that. So I said, you know, best to kind of step aside now. Was it a wrench all the same, though? You're, you're talking about this like almost like it was a run of the mill decision, but you're bringing to an end a, like a very good career with Monaghan. Yeah, no, it was a mass decision. Uh, one that I didn't really speak to too many on. I just kind of sat down with, you know, I spoke to Vinny maybe just before Christmas and he told me to take a break for fortnight and see where my head was at and I just kind of mulled it over myself um, and just went back to him just around New Year's and just said look I think it's I think it's right I think I'm just going to make the right call here just that was it Yeah and you know you look at what the service that Monaghan players like you you did your 12-13 years probably yeah. even yeah like 14 yeah. even Th- was it 13 years 13 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and you look at guys like McManus you know Wiley the Hughes brothers you know like they just keep going and going and going and it's like it's so I mean at 30 it's not a it's not a strange time to be retiring in any other county but when you see these guys do it I mean you obviously have first hand experience of just how difficult it is to play past 32 or 33 and these guys are doing it at 36 like it's yeah it's that's that, that's it like I had played with them boys the whole way through and that's nearly that was the toughest thing about walking away is that you know them boys are still you know giving it and you want to give it give it all with them as well but look they're just you know some of them like Carlo Conniester was just you know he was unbelievable for, for playing you know at 35 and, and he was playing in the middle third like he just kept running down throwing strokes I think he I think he had a hand in all three of the last scores for from on and you know he mm. they just couldn't handle him as the game wore on but like to do that there in those conditions you know it's just, you know it's incredible really Conor McManus as well was it 60 games in a row um, he's played in the championship yeah. now for Monaghan and still doing it you know not like unerring accuracy yeah big big time and look they've, they've really benefited the last two games of just getting him back on the field and you know it's hap- helped him maybe free up a couple other players in the forward line you know especially in the first half yesterday when things probably weren't going well he still tagged on every free he got his hands on you know he was big presence in there kicked a couple from play and then look that massive free at the end it was right behind it you know he he waved Rory back it was probably in Rory's range you know and he said look I'm taking that on and it was a, it was a massive kick it was great to see a goal over from yeah like what's he like I mean because we've spoken to him a couple of times uh, unassuming all the rest but I kind of get the the idea that having played that long in the Ulster Championship as your team's you know marquee forward like there has to be more to it than you know the the unassuming you know the kind of the gently spoken softly spoken kind of hero you know because like the pressure he's been under for 16 of the 17 years he's been playing for Monaghan it's just it's ridiculous that he and he's just kept doing it yeah definitely like especially I suppose when he came on the scene I suppose Tommy Freeman would have been the main main forward in Monaghan but look he came straight in and, and you know they, they were a real good duo up front at the time whenever he first came in but since like since that you know Connor has, has led the line all the way through for us you know he's always he's always come up in the big moments and you know he's tough he's tough as nails as well you know he's not that he's just he just kicks his points and here as you can see he's almost impossible to mark you know because he has such a great kick in him anywhere inside his range you know he can just step back get a yard and you know it's, it's, you know you're fairly sure that's going to go over yeah the looking further down the road here I don't think we want to be writing Tyrone off either Murphy. Yeah. I know you're not even though you've you know you've had a couple of pops I've them been, in recent yeah, seasons like I've been down on Tyrone for the last two years but funny enough I am more confident that they, that they could win the old Ireland after you uh, after the game than really? I was before the game because I mean well I thought the first 35 minutes was really good from Tyrone actually better than I thought they had in them from what I had seen uh, this year and last year and Derek Hanavan you know like he's obviously been around uh, for a couple of years but like that was a clinic he put on I think Eamon Fitzmaurice used that word uh, in commentary actually yesterday like he 
you know, he is obviously progressing at a rate to, you know, where you'd be talking about him for the next 10 years as one of the top forwards. He was genuinely brilliant yesterday. And I think that he offers something, like, totally different to Tyrone because he's so good on the ball. He's such a good passer, but he, he's th- he's getting the scores now in a way that he he hadn't been for the last kind of, for ever, ever since he came on the Tyrone team. I've been waiting for the day where it's like, okay, he's actually going to stick 1-4, 1-5 here and go and win the game himself. And he very nearly did it yesterday. So I'd be confident about it. If I was Tyrone, yeah. I would be like, I would be f- I, I, far from, uh, you know, uh, far from downbeat about it. Yeah, definitely. Just I'd say even just their body language come off the field and stuff like that. Look, I'd say for them, maybe they, they weren't, they probably will have their eye on that their group stage and you know there's a lot will probably unfold in the championship but the way they played yesterday look it's it's a it's a brand of football that's you know it's good to watch and it will come up against you know the, the top teams will, will will find it tough against them they, they went man to man all over the field they didn't really play a sweeper in the first half and you know the, 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 they have serious athleticism and like with Derek Hanneman like there was a, I know uh, Tomas McPhillips was or Thomas McPhillips was taken off just before half time which was a tough debut for anyone but I don't think a lot of, a lot of stuff could have went uh, went his yeah. way on like Derek Hanneman was almost remarkable in the first half there was, there was a ball went to him off Park Hamsey that he spun and had it over the bar before I think he even realised you know he mm-hmm. got it into his hands the goal he gave the pass he was gone like a shot you know there's very little defending in that and you know he really showed it yesterday the class he has yeah and he's two footed you know and I've you, you watch so many inter-county teams like the Mayo Ross Common game I, there was obviously like a big breeze blowing there but the amount of shots that were turned down just because players were on their bad foot, I mean, it, it is actually kind of, it is actually kind of mental that it's not a thing that just you. It's a basic requirement of you know of force that when you're 25 yards out, if you're on your bad foot, you should just be swinging those points, you know. Yeah, definitely, and he has that. And look, his brother's coming very quickly behind him. I know he came on yesterday, and he might not had maybe as an impact on the game that he might have wanted. But look, I think he's still involved with on the 20s. That'll be wrapped up in a couple of weeks, and you know he he's mm. going to be fully available for the for the championship then for them as well. I'm sure they'll be looking to get him into the fold too, along with Dara. Tyrone did concede two goals and seventeen points, Murph. Before you get too big on them, I mean, that's a heavy score Listen, to concede in the championship. Uh, d- There's a looseness there. It's very true, but I mean, you know, it it also points to the fact that they didn't play uh, with a sweeper. That they are actually backing the f- the forwards that they have. Are you comparing? Are you comparing this to Derry, who uh, scored heavily as well? In fairness, at the weekend, but uh, you you keep you're you're continuing saying that Derry don't have the game for Croke Park basically yeah that I've they don't have, whereas maybe what Tyrone are showing yeah and I, do, I you know to be fair I don't think you know anyone's going to be you know basing how they think Derry's year is going to go you know on a, on a, on a game against Fermanagh with all with all due respect as they say but I mean that's just the reality there are, there are two teams that are like they're a fair distance um, apart even though one's going into Division 2 and one's just leaving it but um yeah, I just think there's more about Tyrone. There's you know there's there's just better Tyrone have better forwards, and you're looking at there was like one six of their one one eight of their one ten I think was from play yesterday. Like you know that these are they are the kind of the, the metrics you you should be looking at if you're saying right well there's a lot going right there. Uh, now Tyrone have been open. They have been mm. open like uh, even through the league they've conceded a lot of goals, and that may come back to haunt them, but. You know, if you've got forwards, you've got a chance. Okay, well, before we start bigging Tyrone up too much, mm. they were beaten at the weekend. So I want to finish yeah. with Monaghan and where they're at for the year. I mean, if 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 you were in here a few weeks ago in the middle of the league, it'd be a pretty downbeat chat, Colin. You'd have to say, but they survived last day the campaign. Now they get this win. People must be feeling pretty good about the year ahead. 
Yeah, I suppose during the league, look, maybe from the outside, you know, Vinnie Corey came in and, and you know, it probably looked like a very tough job from just, I would have felt coming through the league that didn't really have the, a great pick of players available to them. You know, a lot of maybe different injuries and men men unavailable. And yesterday, I think I'd said, you know, it was the strongest Mullins squad that was going into a game probably all year. And, right. you know, they had men back on the pitch. Desi Ward will hopefully be back the next day. be another big player to get back for them. And look, I think they can, they're can. they looking forward to, you know, they've found a good few players there throughout the league. Carl Gallagher done well yesterday, Ryan O'Toole as well back in the fold. Um, you know, I'd say they'll go into that game, and you know, Derry obviously our favourites won Ulster last year and beat Monon. But look, I'd say Monon will be looking for really fancy and a crack at that. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll hopefully be as exciting as it was at the weekend. Colin, great to have you in again. Yeah, Chat thanks to you very soon. much. All right. Bang to the head. This was given to me by one of these guys right here. <laughs> was a hell of a rugby player. And they beat the hell of a black and tan. Defense of the Realmite. It's the bang to the head. How many times have you mick bastards been told, eh? Followed by another bank to that. Anyone wearing orange is not welcome in. <laughs> Mr. Biden, a quick word for the BBC. They've not put my hand in my pocket since they left. They paid me 500 pocket. BBC, I'm Irish. If any fool wants to pay me 500 pounds to gibber and jabber, I'll take his money. They, uh, they don't like him too much over in the... So certain sections of the, the UK media. press yeah Murph, take it again don't know if you've heard that <laughs> new audio if a brand new audio bed for you there yeah. debuting today after mm-hmm. Biden's sort of last week <laughs> I'm just glad we've marked it we made a rare foray into the snooker world last Friday you may remember exactly Maybe Ken, Justin McCarthy says, maybe Ken would be more impressed with the snooker if he realised some of the world's greatest athletes are competing. I'm talking about Sean Murphy's claim to be the only sports person to have achieved a one four seven, a 9-darter and a hole-in-one. Wow. This is from Justine McCarthy. Justin McCarthy. Oh, Justin McCarthy. Um, Former Watford uh, senior hurling manager? Not Probably sure. not. It's from the, he links to an article, it's from uh, uh, an interview with the From the Clubhouse podcast. And he does say in this article, we did a funny Twitter poll because Wayne Mardle, the former pro darts player, is a good friend of mine. This is Sean Murphy speaking. And he's a commentator in Scotland. We've played golf together and had a bit of banter. And we always have the crack about what's harder. Is it the nine darter or is it the one four seven? Now, obviously, it's the one four seven. Yeah, I would have thought yeah. so. Right? I would yeah. also say that. Yeah, I would say that. Well, why would you say? I mean, the nine darter is not there's easy. More, there's more Just moving more, parts. Yeah. yeah. Like you've got there are only nine darts by definition in the nine darter. You can it's hit a pretty, streak. It's pretty hard to get a nine darter. It is yeah. very hard. Yeah. I'm, we're not we're not demeaning no. that, that, that's the last thing we want to do here today but I mean I can see how I could feasibly do that no I couldn't I mean, see if, I've if, seen if you I, play darts I've, seen you, I've actually seen you play darts where did you see him play darts we used to have a dartboard in the old oh, oh of course oh, Ken tried it I once actually twice. forgot that a bit like the table tennis Ken tried it twice was not very yeah. good at it it's, a mo- it's like a monkey's typewriter thing you know if yeah. I if I was there darts board nothing else to do I would eventually do it no that's not true I mean the vast majority of people who play darts on a regular basis have never had a nine darter Regular, but I mean, if Ken attacks, yeah, but if I was doing it, if I was doing if it, Ken, if Ken was on a desert island and he all he had, right, all he had was a dartboard, three darts, and a full set of sneaker balls, full size sneaker, uh, sneaker cue, full size table, he would he would do the nine darter before he do. Oh no, it. I yeah. still think the nine darter. I, I still agree the nine darter is easier than the mm. four seven. I just don't ever see Ken doing either. Listen, Jesus, we give that man. A, ask Ken early, dig a hole, he won't stop until he hits Australia, on. and he turn around, and he'd fill it back in for you. <laughs> 
Sean Murphy continues. Never now, shy at work. Now, Never shy at work. That it's either. the one four seven. Anyone who says a nine darter <laughs> needs to go and see a doctor immediately. But we have that bit of banter quite often. The last time we did it, I think the hole in one got thrown in, and it was like, "Hang on a minute, I've done all three. The hole in one is the easiest. I mean, that's just like. Hey, that was a bit. I mean, basically, everyone yeah. who's ever played yeah, golf. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I'm not sure you would ever get a. <laughs> well, no, you could get a hole in one. You could. But get why do you think one. I wouldn't? Of course, I'd get a hole. Because again, by definition, it's only one shot. But you know, depends on how long the hole is. You have to reach the green. But why? But why couldn't I hit hit the ball? It's not that difficult. Like I mean, it's just that I haven't actually seen you play golf. So I'm not in a position to comment on that. Well, I, 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 can, just, I can comment on your dart. I just don't think it looks that difficult what they're doing. <laughs> it doesn't look that difficult. Didn't, Shame, only... Shame, didn't Seamus Bauer get two in a row in the par three competition? He did. In Augusta just last week. Mm. He's pretty good at golf. Yeah, Seamus Bauer. That's the one thing I would say. But there you go. Yeah, Sean Murphy apparently has done the trifecta. Any of our any World Service done. members who have done all three, please... Yeah. Don't hesitate to if tell there's us. a World Service member who's done a 147 break for a start, I'll, I want to hear about that. I think that's impressive, though, guys. Remarkable news out of yesterday's Great Ireland 10K run in the Phoenix Park. Jake O'Regan from St. John's Athletics Club was the first man home in 26 minutes and 8 seconds, smashing the world record set by Kenya's Ronex Kipruto last year. Wow. World record smashed in Phoenix Park. Unfortunately, O'Regan, like the rest of the 2,000-plus competitors, had only raced roughly 8.5 kilometres. <laughs> what, happened? what happened there? Ian O'Reardon can tell you, Ken. Hips forward, O'Reardon himself. <laughs> Re- report. That's one from early lockdown. If people have only joined us since then. You've got to go back and read Ian O'Reardon's article. I spoke about to him about, him about run, that. Run, 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 I, ideal running posture. I thanked him personally for yeah. that uh, uh, yeah. tip. I hit, honestly still think of it sometimes. When I'm getting tired, right, I do sometimes still, I'm kind of plodding along and I'm, like, I'm starting to bend over to it. I do sometimes, the words pop into my yeah, head, hips forward. forward, pops into my head and I just sort of, God, what a get comical a feed that would be. Uh, it just makes you more upright. It's not really hips forward. It's just to get you in it. Anyway, where was I alignment. here? What it's happened here? Alignment. Athletics Ireland has issued an apology after runners in Sunday's Great Ireland 10, k- 10 kilometers of run were misdirected over the course of the race and ended up finishing some 1.5 kilometers short of the, the distance. Now, I've run a lot of, especially like 10K, oftentimes you get people finishing, right? And, you know, we've all got our snazzy little watches, our GPSs. And sometimes there's some dispute with the organizers. Like, oh, it says here I've actually done 10.1. You know, what you're saying 10. As, well, yes, different GPSs are going to measure it slightly differently. But this is miles outside the margin for error. So I was well, thinking... I don't understand how the runner themselves isn't like, this is not... They did, get right. it. To, what, my point about this is, this wasn't one of those cases where it was a slightly... Misjudged or it was yeah. measured incorrectly, as has happened in, in races over the years. In this case, it was measured out at 10k. Unfortunately, the problem was I'll come back to our weird in here uh, rose around the three kilometer mark when the runners were misdirected and with that missed out on another of the smaller 1.5 kilometer laps. Ooh. So they'd obviously done a 1.5, a 1.5. Supposed to be doing another, a third one, I guess. Mm. But rather than that, somebody made a mistake. Something happened somewhere, and they got sent for. As the race progressed from there, it was evident they were running short, but it was clearly too late to turn back. Mm. So they did know. They realised that they were like something's going on here. But what do you do? Do you run backwards to try to make it up? It's not going to be an official result. Mm. And, and tell me, um, what are they saying in the community, in the running community? It's just really annoying. Mm. <laughs> Ken left the WhatsApp group, didn't he? The I, I the just, runners, just runners WhatsApp group runners WhatsApp group. runners Ireland yeah. yeah oh by the way Ra- Rashida Adeleke I should probably mention who we had on the pod recently has broken more records over the weekend legitimate ones first Irish woman to break fifty seconds in, to break fifty seconds in the four hundred meters this is the thing when she eventually gets going on the four hundred she she yeah. should break she could break fifty seconds 
at some point yeah she's already done Record it scratch two yeah exactly and that came less than 24 hours after she had raced the 200 metres and broke her own her own Irish record there as well running in 22.34 seconds in both cases the distances were correctly measured it's tricky to send people the wrong direction in a 200 metre race to be fair yeah. Yeah. so all above board you there. would probably cop on fairly fast that something was awry yeah if you decided yeah. to it's absolutely stunning what she's doing there really thanks Murph is. thanks Ken Thank, thank you, you Owen. Owen. Thank, thank you, you Ken. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to sign up to the World Service for our hurling championship preview, Champions League chat, and to stop Caitlin here. Thompson on Boris Becker. Come Thompson, on, and, if you, and if you want to not hear any more ads on the pod, that's another reason. Second House Podcast is part of the, the ACAST Creator Network. Yeah, that was it. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 